are back. We, we are, are back. back. And uh, I'm very happy to be back. But I'm very sad uh, since our last podcast, we lost the great Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Yes, we did. And you and I ate more than uh, many a meal at Leal in was, New York. Yeah, that New was York. his restaurant. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't familiar with the restaurant. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, for me, he was kind of your generation's version of Studs or, um, you know, Howard Zinn. I mean, he was, he was very invested in making us not afraid of other cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was uh, disguised as a food show, but it was it was also right. a show about people and in the it, world. Yeah, yeah. It was about like the different cities he could uh, he could visit and just he had something special to say about every place he went Absolutely. that he li- that he liked. Absolutely. I mean, it, I mean, he says something about Chicago. I believe there's something in there. He says it has still has this you know bones of a uh, of an, this old town. Oh yeah, the Sandberg Absolutely, I'm butchering what he's saying, so I do apologize about that. And then uh, my friend posted something that he said about Colombia. He goes, I just can't believe this place exists and nobody Japan, wants to live here. In Japan and in Libya, yeah. and you know he took us to places that we otherwise would not really see, places that the media has kind of made invisible. Right. He particularly loves Chicago, and that's apropos because our guest today is uh, one of Chicago's finest reporters, a real shoe leather guy. You've seen the name because he not only writes for the Chicago Tribune, he writes a, a, a blog called the Chicago Ambassador. He writes for Reuters. Um, you name it, Chicago Magazine, he writes for him. Uh, Bob Chirito, Robert Chirito is yes. with us. Hey, buddy. Welcome, Bob. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Unfortunately, he is a Cubs fan. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's I was, okay. I was Just... watching a beautiful thing. Uh, there was this flat screen. The Cubs were getting killed. I, I forget by who. Yeah. I think the Brewers. They got swept by the Brewers. And the Sox and then were kicking the shit Sox out of Detroit. Detroit. Man, it yeah, was it great. Was, it was a nice little visual there. Uh, it was great. You know, the Sox, a rare don't, one seem, these the Sox don't seem nearly as hopeless as they did, like, Two weeks ago. Time will Took tell. Took two out of three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy, they won like four, they were like four two to begin. He goes, this is it. And, this and is it. Just uh, correct you, Max, the Cubs didn't get swept. They won the they first game. They didn't get game. swept? So <laughs> what? Okay. what? Why did I, re- someone, I read four and oh, I'm like, uh, I heard they won a game. And then someone was like, nope, they got swept. Look. I, I, I Probably think, me. I think the TV <laughs> fucked it up. No, 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 no. I was, I was watching it at the bar. Okay, so they won one game. Yeah. I must have read something wrong. I don't know. What I'm wondering is when are you guys going to give up on the whole Voo Darvish experiment? Well, I I wasn't a fan of that to begin with. Nor I. I don't think a lot of people are. You know what? I mean, I think part of his problem is they've gotten in his kitchen. It's in his head. Make a relief pitcher out of him. Yeah. I mean, Pull an Eckersley, you know? He was probably mentally done after the World Series when he was with the Dodgers. Yeah. Right. So he, he blew, what, two games, I think? Yeah. I mean, why not make a relief pitcher out of him? He's, ne- he's never going to pitch more than four or five innings. Yeah. You know what I mean? You may as well make him middle relief. Yeah, because you have to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, you know, in the old days, the only guys who got uh, that kind of money, which first of all was nobody, um, but the only guys who ever had a shot at seven figures, they had to win 20 games. Yeah. Who is your favorite White Sox pitcher, Dad? And Bob, who's your favorite Cubs pitcher? Because I, I love, my I, I think it's my favorite position pitcher? in baseball. There. Mark Burley. 
Okay, Mark Burley? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he's maybe hands down the greatest they ever had. Wow. Wow, okay. Sox. And that's saying something. I mean, yeah. he's probably the best since Eddie Seacott, since the Black Sox. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they had, they had a lot of very good pitchers. They had Hoyt Wilhelm. Um, they had uh, Tommy John. They had, uh, you know, a lot of guys. Um, but the Cubs you know, had Lamar Mark Hoyt, Pryor. I mean, they, the Cubs had Mark Pryor. Who's a head case? He's, he, he was hilarious. Yeah. He's hilarious. I mean, that was my favorite Cubs pitcher. But yeah. Kerry Wood, you know, I mean, he was awesome. Who? Yeah, but he Kerry yeah. Wood. I mean, his high was case of arrested development. Wins. Yeah. Oh, know? really? Yeah. That was it. Who's your favorite Cubs oh, pitcher like ever? <laughs> well, that I saw was probably Greg Maddox. Yeah, but, right. But other than him, I'd say uh, Fergie. Ferguson Jenkins. He won 20 games five years in a row. You know, Kenny Holtzman. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they yeah. were, they were, he was a great yeah. Cubs pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and prior, you know, he was great for a little bit. Um, I think Dusty Baker probably wrecked his arm. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty, you know, Baker. they don't have a sign over the dugout. Dusty slept here. I mean, he, he'd sit there <laughs> and, you know, the pitcher would start getting shelled and Dusty be just sitting there chewing on a toothpick. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's one of those guys that get him to the playoffs. He could never get him to the dance, man. Mm-hmm. Is you know, that a bad coach? Shit. Shit. Huh? I feel like I feel like there's coaches in sports that always they kind of have to be like that. You know, they can get you to a certain point where you can believe you can win this amount of games, but then you kind of need a new coach that'll get you to that. The new The greats level. get you across the goal line, man. Joe Torre. But don't um, you think there's always been a Joe coach Girardi? Even well, that was before uh, the coach. Like Doug Collins. Like Doug Collins, yeah, that's a famous you know, example. Or, 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 or what's his name? Um, the, the guy that, uh, you know, I think Joe Madden's one of those guys. I mean, I think he's a great coach. You, you I love Jimmy he's... Leyland. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Jim Leyland would have had a lot more World Series victories if, you know, asshole Bobby, Bar- you know, Barry Bonds decided yeah. he didn't want to manage uh, the Pirates when he had Bonds and Bonilla. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, Jim Leyland. Uh, yeah, if he you was know, in, he, Miami won a World Series under Jimmy Leyland. Yeah, if you he know, was I in mean, a I big think market. the White Sox, if they had any brains, they'd go fly to wherever he is. He's almost eighty years old now, and just say, "Hey, you got a couple more seasons in you." You know. Well, maybe he can at least advise something and set some sort of culture. <laughs> this is what Doug Collins was going to do with Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. He was going to come in and he goes, I'm going to um, I'm gonna set a culture. I'm going to help uh, be in a, uh, some sort of uh, Best advice leader. Best Fred Hoiberg is go I, back to college. Yeah, no, I did not hear any I did not hear any uh, anything after this. I think he probably worked like one week and he's like, yep, yeah, this is hopeless. I'm yeah, done. The Bulls yeah. have to stay away from Iowa State. I mean, they, uh, no shit. For real. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. was with that? What was with I couldn't believe that when they were thinking about hiring Hoiberg, I go, this is just like when they did Floyd after yeah. Phil Jackson. It was a exactly. nightmare. It's like fishing yeah. buddies with Jerry Cross. Yeah. I yeah, and then yeah. and then Thibodeau. Uh, you looks like yeah. your neighborhood pissed off butcher. <laughs> right, right, like, right. Who who was responsible for more ridiculous, gratuitous injuries of guys. I mean He was a that great, game where Derek Rose got hurt and where Joaquin got hurt. It's like they didn't even have to be in the game at that point, you know? He was a great coach in the sense of getting players to always play every possession. Yeah. But 
man, he it takes a, it takes a toll. I think he needs a team that's ready to win now, and then he can use. I think he one would be a good years. college coach. Oh, he'd probably be great. By the way, coach. For by the way, sure. son, should we maybe have moment of silence since your your Cavs lost? <laughs> my calves. You know, this has been so long. We have we have He hates the Warriors. Calves. He just fucking hates the no, Warriors. No, I I, I, d- I dislike the Warriors. The calves are not my calves. I was just <laughs> I was I was amazed what LeBron was able to do this year. Hopefully, he was kind of all they had. Him and Caleb were they, they were kind of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it, Kevin Love was. I mean. As much as he he kind of put up his own thing, he he was. I mean, he had a concussion one game. Yeah, he yeah, was he was no. injured a couple games. It was yeah. so and he I was in say, and out. I will say that the Warriors have the dirtiest player in the NBA, Draymond. You know, I like Draymond, Draymond Green. Green. Yeah, that's, but that's he surprising. Kept poking LeBron in the eye and everybody <laughs> else. It's like, you know, yeah. I noticed of all the things you write about, you don't write a lot about sports. I know you write about art. I know you write about crime. I know you write about the city. Uh, and and for a guy who's as big of a baseball fan, you don't write about sports. What? Yeah, um, that's a good question. But I think because, you know, if you watch the sports news and you read the sports pages. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same. I mean, it's yeah. the same kind of quotes. Yeah. Uh, so it gets a little boring, and, and that mm-hmm. could happen in anything. Covering crime, it gets a little boring as well. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to myself because I am a huge sports fan. But, yeah. Um, now, how, how has the news business changed? I mean, I, I know since you've been doing it, it's changed tidally. When you started, I'm, I'm imagining you're old enough to remember City News Bureau, which is now gone. Yeah, well, I worked there. Um, that's where I started. And the biggest change really is that the staffs have been cut so much. Yeah. And that's why I freelance for pretty much everybody. Um, there's not many full-time jobs and so you have to do what you have to do. Um, do you prefer freelancing? I mean, would you rather be a staff reporter? Yeah, I think so. Um, provided it was somewhere that I liked. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a little bit. You could work uh, a more kind of a series of things easier, um, and then you have the stability and the the benefits. Yeah, 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 definitely. Obviously. Well, you know, Block Club, uh, mm-hmm. which which rose from the ashes of uh, Chicago DNA. Yeah, uh, which was uh, funded by those pricks, the Ricketts. I'm, I'm kind of encouraged that they're that they're keeping their no, their coverage yeah, very I mean, very local. Um, D- DNA was great. I wrote a little bit for them. I know she, I like DNA a yeah. lot. What yeah. happened to DNA? Can can someone explain? Well, the Ricketts got I'm, sick of I think well, of the I, politics. Okay, yeah, I, don't, I don't know because I was freelancing for them, and then at times they would say we have to hold off. We have no budget. And it was always interesting because I'm like, well, you guys own the Cubs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The yeah. uh, hottest baseball team but, ever. you know, I have to say they did great work. Uh, Seamus Toomey, the managing editor. Yeah. He's in charge of Black Club now. And uh, him and Jensen. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to get him in here because yeah. he's, he's figured out a way to still, you know, build a news organization, which, yeah. which right now, besides... All of the stuff owned by Clear Channel and Cumulus and all the mm. bullshit you're hearing on uh, 
you know, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and, and, and really they're just different kind of strands and varieties of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, they just started uh, yesterday. It was their launch. And, yeah. You know, I hope they do well and I expect Yeah, I to. do too. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I, I uh, I've, you know, I've read a bunch of those reporters when they were in DNA. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, they work hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know Alyssa Hauser is always out there yeah, uh, yeah. chasing stories. And, you, know? you know, they cover the neighborhoods, and right now nobody was doing it. Nobody's that. doing that. Yeah. yeah, I always you thought know? DNA was kind of a, a really huge Particularly voice Particularly the Chicago. southwest side. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and the, if you're a citizen of Chicago and you live on the south or west side and you were a person of color, you were in exile. Yeah. But, I mean, even the northwest side and... Far north, yeah. you know, nobody else is covering anything outside of the West Loop, really. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We yeah, just that's... moved out of the West Loop. We lived at uh, Peoria and Jackson. Uh-huh. Yeah. And after my after my heart surgery, we needed a place. You know, didn't have any stairs, and and we just moved to East Humboldt Park. Yeah. And uh, huge you know, difference. I, yeah, I was I was happy to get out of the West Loop. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. uh, I, Randolph I so has become like the avenue of assholes. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it reminded me of when I grew up in in Lakeview, and then I moved over to yeah, the Ukrainian neighborhood village. Full of dickheads. Well, you, you notice know? you mean, notice the dynamics change. You know, um, uh, over here it's more of a community. You know, people will yeah. say, "Hey, oh, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh, great to see you." And around everybody Lakeview, doesn't look just like me. Around you know the Lakeview I mean? West Loop area, it's just like. I've got to go to work. Oh, I know you, yeah. but I'm just not going to. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see you. And it's just, it, it has this yeah, very uncomfortable way of plus living. Plus, we were in, in a building opinion, full of know? lawyers. There was nothing but lawyers in our building. Yeah. And after I threatened the life of the third one, Michelle said, it's just time to leave. It's time, time to, to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But oh, um, what part of the city do you live in? Right now, I live in <coughs> Jefferson Park. So, no, it's oh, close. you're up by the Paschke Center there. Mm-hmm. How do you like Jeff Park up there? It's okay. It's a lot of old people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's kind of come around. Uh, there's a couple small business owners. There's a cool restaurant there. That guy. Uh, well, everyone thinks about the Gale Street. Gale area. Street, yeah. 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 Well, that's I like a great that place. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Great ribs, and the owner's a sweetheart. Um, George Karzis, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Yeah. And. Uh, me and Nick DiGilio did an event there one night, oh, yeah. the Chicago storytelling thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was good. So, Bob, did you grow up on the north side? No, I grew up, well, I was raised in Marrow's Park. Then okay. My parents actually moved the out. The Melrosey Feast. Yeah. <laughs> then we moved out west. I went to high school in Naperville, and then I found my way back. Yeah. Um, you, you, the yeah. minute you turn 18, you run for your life <laughs> yeah, back you to guys, the city limits. What yeah. is Okay, so I've always been curious about this. What is what is going to school in, in, in those areas as opposed to, like, city areas? Oh, God, it's like going I, to school in a big bowl of white milk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel I mean, like it'd be like that. But I, I, I don't went know. To, I went to Montini Catholic in Lombard, and mm-hmm. honest to God, it's like— um, you know, it was it was a jagoff factory. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, you want to know who the, all the Republicans are? It's like I, I went to school with them. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, 
I see. Yeah, I, I mean, see. It well, was, I uh, shredded wheat and vanilla ice cream. I felt I mean, like okay. Know. I went to um. I went when I went to school in the city. I was like, oh, this is. I was like, high school isn't that bad. The movies make it seem like it's going to be this embarrassing, yeah. hellacious experience. Exactly. You're and then I went get to college. In the yeah. yeah. And then I went to college and it was like. All that like kind of suburban mentality, like I got, I started to experience that. I'm like, oh, I no, get aren't it. you happy? I, was like, I spared I you and your sister that shit. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it's you're gonna experience it at some point in your yeah. life, and it just it's crazy when you hear it, hit it that late. Because you gotta it, escape the douchiness wow. as soon as you can, man. Yeah, it's you know? insane. It is insane. Yeah, but, I yeah. mean, sometimes on like on Facebook, I'll I'll talk to you know people I went to high school with, and with the exception of about twenty or thirty of them, okay, it's a douchebag factory. <laughs> I'm serious. It was you know, I mean, it was like assholes or us. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. But if you, you went to school in the voted, city, you want to know who voted for Trump, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure if you went to school in the city, you'd say the same like. With the exception of twenty people, I don't care about all, I was all the not, rest. I was not fond of right. institutional I, you know. education to begin with. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I really had the opinion from about first grade on that they were wasting my fucking time, <laughs> and that the only reason I was there was they were, did not want me <clears throat> on the street. Well, you know. Years ago, I saw an interview with Spike Lee, and he was talking about NYU. Yeah. And he said the biggest thing he got out of it was the use of the camera equipment. And <laughs> that kind of always stuck with me, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, my son started college in, in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And then, right. you know, there was all this bullshit where they wouldn't let him take camera no, equipment on. Well, it wasn't, they didn't even have camera equipment. They didn't even have film classes. The whole idea was, oh, I'm going to be here for a year, maybe two. And these two years, I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to take my courses. I'm just going to have a college Go experience. Go to the beach and get baked. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. But then you realize it's like those first two years after high school are like, are some of the most valuable years you might have. Yeah. And you realize you're like... I might waste away these two years just going to just classes I don't even care about. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I think I'm going to go back to Chicago and, and, and go to a school that will let me use equipment you right know, I, now. I, so. I think Columbia was a great education. Mm-hmm. You went to Columbia, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I was just... I now, just what year spoke, did you graduate uh, college? 97. Oh, man. Now you're aging me. When, oh, it was, uh, when it was when it was still a kid, scandalous. Man, you know? I heard I heard about these scandalous things that went. The down newsroom. And... We were the last room in the whole college where we can still smoke. Was in that <laughs> really <Yeah. laughs> amazing. But okay. um, you know, I just spoke at the. Uh, no, are you still a smoker? Yeah, man, throw them away. I know. I know. My daughter just got on me about it, so I promised her I'd quit after, you know what? after I... this week because it's my birthday coming up. I said after that, that's it. <coughs> If you have that urge to just smoke a cigarette, just smoke some weed instead, Matt. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not always the best solution. But it worked for Willie Nelson. It worked for Kevin Smith. So I don't know. Yeah. But to get back to your your point about the about the school, and I just spoke at the uh, college press, Illinois College Press Association, and one of the things I told the kids was, you know, don't worry about your classes so much. Just do as many internships and, and write for the school paper, write for the magazine at school. Yeah. You know, uh, classes are great, but 
you're not going to learn unless you get out there and do it. Right. Well, I, I also honestly think the newspapers at some point are just going to become a boutique business and all the news content is going to be online. Which I, and you're talking yeah. to a guy who loves the yeah. newspaper. I love to pick it They've up. They've been saying that, you know, for a long time. They may ultimately, you know, be true, but at the end of the day, there's going to be reporters reporting the news. Absolutely. Somebody, you know, somebody has yeah. to go and ask the questions. Well, I mean, I um, think what I mean by a boutique business is perhaps it'll be like a Sunday paper. Mm hmm. And then, yeah. you know, maybe with more long-form stories and the, you know, headline yeah. coverage, the minute-by-minute -minute stuff, electronic media seems to think they can do it better and faster. And yeah. the, well, they, there's a case to be made for that. They can definitely do it faster, whether it's better or it's No, no, debatable. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, like, I like magazine pieces. I like... Mm -hmm. uh, I still subscribe to the New Yorker. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I I do love that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Um. I I I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, know, man. I don't think it's just newspapers either. You know, I think news. Well, you know, I magazines have shrunk too. You know, but I, mean, I think all that is here to stay. I think people really do like that fixation of not even just like reading something manually like um, notebooks for yeah. example why why don't we just get rid of all our notebooks if we have laptops i love physically writing stuff down it it, it well it the great part about taking something. a commuter train is that you can hold your newspaper up and then everybody has to <laughs> fucking leave you alone well what about you know? this are artists dying hmm? why can't you do your stuff on an ipad it's a little different think, argument, I, think, I know. You know but, what? You know, but it's the I'm great. Just, the great David Hockney does a lot of his sketching on the iPad. No, I'm sure. I just, oh, I'm sure. It's I have awesome. I have the stuff on my iPad. You know I, that you can do that with. But yeah. It, for me, it's. Not I would the never same. want to see you do that. No, man. Yeah. No, you know what? It's still that tactile yeah. thing to me. I mean, yeah, it's but that's what I'm saying. I think your fingers in it. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's a huge group of people pleasure that want that. Yeah, and I mean that. That's why I've never gotten like a Kindle or a Nook. I, I still like reading the book. I, yeah. yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't read from my. I, I can read off my computer just like an article yeah. or something, but a whole book, I just start. I to, tried to read oh. a book on a uh, on an iPad because they had that that option. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was, you know, flying overseas, right? And it still was not the yeah. same. I it's thought, hard. oh, this will save me having to carry the book along. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like the Sun Times. They finally instituted a paywall. On the website, mm -hmm. but they were giving it away for so long. It's like, why would you buy the paper when you could get it for free online? Yeah, so yeah. that was part of their problem. <laughs> they finally well, came you know, up the with New York that Times did that too. Yeah. Now the New yeah. York Times, most of them every are month. Now. They yeah. give you a, a, a certain amount of like yeah. five stories, and yeah. then you got to pay. Well, for I got to be like, honest. If that means the writers are getting more money because of that, then I'm all for that. I will always yeah. pay yeah. for yeah. the the New York Times, the Tribune. Uh, I didn't pay for this sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I won't pay for like the the New York Post. Yeah, you know, I I won't pay even for the Washington Post, even though they've got really great content. Because somebody will always share that story where you don't have to pay. You know, but yeah, well, um, they lost you know all the classified ads a long time ago because it's Craigslist, Craigslist, and all the rest. Yeah, of them. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's what did the reader in. Sure. I mean, and the weird thing is, is that. They could have bought those technologies. You know, yeah. it's, not like, it's not like they didn't see that shit coming. 
I you think know they were I mean? just stupid. I mean, their Had, thing yeah. for, a long, yeah. for a long time, they cared more about how many views and how many clicks rather than how many subscribers they because they were giving it, Bob, giving think, it away. Think about the morons who were running the record industry yeah. when the MP3 came along, when mm. Napster came along. It's like, again, this is stuff that uh, Sony, Tommy Mottola, all of those guys could have bought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in, instead, they, they could have fight bought it. it for spit in yeah. the early '90s. And you had the Metallica lawsuit and all that. And, oh and, God, and, that was know. so corny. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. but uh, yeah. But they could that's have what, embraced it and used it to yeah, help them. That's like, what kind of complained me, convinced me they were douchebags. You know, I mean, <laughs> out of all the bands, yeah, yeah, Metallica. Like, yeah. come on, like, oh, I man. mean, I could see like, if it's like a, they just don't sound as hard. As when they like when you hear their music, it just sounds a little softer so every a time. Whiny. Yeah. yeah, it's you it's know. interesting. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean they haven't had a good album since Injustice for All, if you ask me. So. Oh no yeah, shit. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember uh, they released some album when I was like in sixth grade, and we were all like, like we were all caught up on this Metallica train because they were legends at the time and I, I, I can't remember the fucking album you know, but when it came out I've everyone never, was like this sucks never, <laughs> I've never been there must fan. have been a black album oh it was yeah. like oh it was like I think it was called uh Something, Saint Anger. That was it. Saint Anger. Uh, I never. I don't know. Fan it wasn't great. I love this. <laughs> wasn't great. Yeah. You know. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I love Sabbath. Do you, you know? I mean. Do you like ACDC? Uh, even like post Bon Scott. And I all prefer that? Bon Scott. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, uh, just because he was a maniac. You yeah. know. Um. Yeah, I, I love the Bon Scott ACDC, but the other guy, you know, I mean, I, I think he went all in. I think he was in ACDC, you know, 25 years longer than Bon Scott was. Yeah, know? he was. He was. And... Um, but I'm, I, some, the heart kind of goes out of a band when the singer dies. Yeah, really. You know? Really. It's kind of hard to. You know, like, I never I... liked Van Halen. They're like, well, did you like Van Halen after uh, David Lee Roth? It's like, I thought they sucked from the... <laughs> even worse. <laughs> I never fucking liked them, you know? Oh, but they have they had to be even worse than Sammy Hagar. But, yeah, but the but weird least... thing is, is that Sammy's a more likable guy. Oh, is he? Okay. Know? Yeah. See, I, I don't mean, know, any, I don't know, you know anything about those dudes. The one thing I'll say about that is... Not that... exactly a brain surgeon, but, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. a likable guy. You At know? least they had, like, their own voice. They didn't try to mimic... David Lee Roth, right, right, right. Which yeah. like Allison Chains is trying to do with this clown who's the lead oh, singer. Oh God, I can't. Yeah. I, Sounds like I, a I bad cover band. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that. That's. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, the most heartbreaking thing in the last year was seeing Chris Cornell mm-hmm. go. Oh man, know? yeah, he, he was. I, he had an excellent him. voice. He was. And uh, what was the band? What, what are we? He was in Soundgarden, but what was the band he was in with Tom Morello? I think you're thinking of Mother Love Bone, but that wasn't Tom Morello. No. It was Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder and... Uh, uh, and guys by the from way, like Screaming what, Trees. What do huh. we make of the spate of, of suicides in the last... I don't. I tend to think they're, who, they're, yeah, not, who, they're yeah. not more than uh, as usual. 
It's just that we're we're more familiar with them now, and um, it was it was Bourdain, and Kate Spade, who yeah. I knew a little bit. Who Kate Spade, was one of my collectors, you know. Um, did did Tom Petty? No, Tom Petty. It was an accident. Yeah. yeah, as okay. did Prince. You know the fact. And that Prince, I, okay. Um, you know, I mean, opioids are are, are wreaking havoc uh, on all over America. Yeah, you yeah. know. But you had, like you said, Bourdain Spade. Before that, it was yeah. Chris Cornell. Yeah, we could go back to Robin Williams. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and, and it's just absolutely heartbreaking. It's like these gifted, amazing people. It's like, how come the assholes never kill themselves? Yeah, mm, yeah. Well, I think some of the stigma is going away, and that's why you hear about it more. Yeah, yeah. I think before it would be hush hush, or they'd yeah, come up and, with some other cause of death. They'd come up with yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of people who were like, "Oh, how could you?" And it's like, "How could you say that well, to someone I, who who's one dead?" And it's I like, heard a lot of bullshit of like, yeah. "Oh, we, you know, we had a little girl." It's, hey, sometimes you just didn't you, you just don't have anymore. Yeah, I think yeah, I you think know? um, I think and, mental uh, health has been a huge theme uh, within the past well, couple of years. Depression too, and, and depression. Mean, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's been more important. I think the NBA has delved into it a little more. Uh, two players have been I've talking been treated, about it. I've been treated for it for 20 years. Right. And, you know, yeah, and, I mean, and say, it's... Yeah. Uh, if you it's have a broken everybody. arm, you'd get it set, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know... Yeah, um, I think um, people are more comfortable talking about it, but yeah. I still think it needs sure. people need to talk to people uh, around them. Oh, and, precisely. And, and, you know, you know and, if you have, and if you have a friend... Who you think is in that kind of danger? I mean, you're not online saying, "Hey, you're not thinking about offing yourself, are you?" I mean, yeah. let me tell you why <laughs> yeah, that would, right? Uh, why that would, you know, create this huge emptiness in everyone's I, I think, lives. You know, you know, when you right. talked about his Bourdain's daughter, I think in in his mind, I can't really obviously speak for him. Yeah. But a lot of times they think, you know, they're a burden and the daughter would be better off without him, even though obviously that's not true. Yeah. No. Um, and the other thing is, like you talked about getting help, I think definitely that is a good thing, but I don't think it always works. I mean, right. if you had cancer, just because you're getting treatment, does yeah. it always save you? No. 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 It's a disease, me. you know, just right. like yeah. any other disease. Yeah. I think I think depression is, is a particularly pernicious and uh, mm-hmm. baffling kind of disease. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, very confusing. You know, but um, it just seems that we... Uh, I think now also with the accessibility of instant news and instant tragedy. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the coverage of uh, Bourdain, you know, kind of bordered on the pornography of grief. It's yeah. like at no point did the media step back and just let his family just have uh, their moment. You know, and that's yeah. the, kind of the curse of fame. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we've seen that time and time again with any. Uh, type of big story uh yeah the rush to be first is often you know you're the first one and you got it wrong it's callous yeah, yeah. i mean it's uh yeah. you know the, the news business is merciless yeah. and it's unforgiving you know and absolutely necessary yeah but i mean it's you know as every editor i ever worked for said it's better to be right than first so yeah you know at least any editor i would respect yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't. I don't know. So, so what, do you, what do you like to write about? I mean, what, what, what you know, what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? What kind of stories Bob Chirito go out and seek out? I kind of like stories that aren't over. 
aren't covered that much, um, if at all. Yeah. And then if it is covered, I'd like to find something, something unique. Uh, you know, if it's. Um, well, you've covered. Uh, you know, we have a. It's no secret to listeners of this show. We have a couple of art galleries, and we mm-hmm. help artists who are. Sure. We think deserve more attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you've been great about shining a light on them. Uh, everyone from Yulia Kuznetsova, mm-hmm. who is, uh, by the way, got her visa and is going to yeah. apply for a green card, and you know, there's no better person to become an American than this person. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then you know the 69 year old Rick Tellender who had his first art show. Yeah, but those were both you know great stories. It, to be honest, it had nothing to do with you as much as I I love you. But oh no 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 no! <laughs> those I mean, were I mean yeah. it wasn't a favor. It was those were no, two great stories. Those are and, absolutely great stories. Yeah, you know? Um, you know I think of right now like a band that's been covered obviously over the years, Naked Reagan. But mm-hmm. the best part of oh the, I remember Naked Reagan. That interview I did with them was yeah. Pierre, the bassist, like kind of opening up about his issues with depression. It just kind of yeah came out of nowhere but it was really cool i guess he felt comfortable this is how long i've known about naked ray gun when i was still doing concert security i worked the naked ray gun show (laughs) when did naked ray gun uh uh, break apart uh well i know when they formed like 1979 or 78 1980 you know i mean they've been around a long time well i don't know if i'd say they broke apart or went on a long (laughs) hiatus and Probably 1990. Okay. There. Okay. And then uh, started they, doing gigs again in the early 2000s. Didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they become another band called Pegboy or something? Well, was that another band? There was a couple yeah. guys, John Haggerty okay. um, and Pierre, uh, were in Pegboy. Okay. And Pierre's not in Pegboy anymore, but John still is. All right. With Larry Demore and some of the other guys, uh, cool. the Haggerty brothers. Um, but John so were you were you a regular in the mosh pit as a young man? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I went to some of those shows, uh, yeah. Fireside Bowl and all that. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, I've heard some of their albums. Well, one, that name is just like one of the coolest uh, band names ever, Naked Ray Gun. And then yeah. I've heard, I've, I've, uh, I've downloaded some of their stuff back in the day when I was... Uh, in, on the LimeWire kick, and uh, yeah, I remember liking their stuff a lot. Man. Oh, on LimeWire, uh, ripping off bands, you playing know, their music. Well, you know, I I was uh, I couldn't find Naked Raygun at at uh, at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. No, you know no, they were kind of hard to find. So you'd have had you know. to go to uh, you know Reckless or or yeah. mm-hmm. I'll gladly I'll places. gladly pay for those five songs that I got off of them back in the day. That's, <laughs> that's, good. that's no problem. That's yeah. good. I am yeah. I am glad that I convinced you to buy songs because not paying the artist. Did you blows. convince me, or did I just come to this conclusion to my by myself? You just found your better self. Okay. Well, that's good okay. too, son. I'm happy about that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I, I'd be. Uh, I don't know. We've had Did some you? really good music writers in Chicago. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. we used to have Don McLeese, who was a marvelous uh, music writer. Um, Jim DeRogatis, who mm-hmm. I think did uh, an incredible job sussing out all of the R. Kelly stuff. Yeah. He did not let it go. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, the uh, and finally, he's going to be accountable. Yeah, you know? and finally the other press is kind of catching up a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. catching up with them. I yeah. mean, it was fairly heroic. Yeah, you know? it's, you know. 
Because he was kind of the only guy he out was. there. For, he was, for a long time. For 20 years, yeah. I mean. You know, I did a story, and that reminds me of this story, uh, about a, a girl from uh, Olympia Fields, and she was taking the Ghana. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into all the details, but she was taking the Ghana for the agreement was two weeks by her grandfather. Her parents were divorced. Well, she's been there seven years now. It's basically a kidnapping. The State Department was looking into it. This is with R. Kelly? No, this is just a girl from Olympia Fields. And the reason why nobody, and you haven't heard of it, and nobody really cares is because she's just some African-American girl with a, yeah. a young mother, a single mother. and uh, Wow. Well, you know, yeah. all the disappearances in Lawndale and in, uh-huh. uh, in Englewood yeah. that y- you don't see in the news. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I heard... Uh, uh, you know, a preacher on the uh, television the other day just saying, you know, if this were happening in Wilmette, I mean, yeah. this would be front page news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the Bradley sisters, they never figured that one yeah. out. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. And that's been since the 90s. You know, um, even in our new neighborhood now, we notice it is not policed the way mm-hmm. we were in the West Loop. Bob, have you ever investigated something or doing a story on something and it felt like you've gone a little too deep on something or, or, or have been kind of warned and uh, not to go as far as you've gone or anything? Or can you speak on that really? Or? I've been warned about certain areas or that I've been reporting in, mm-hmm. certain specific uh For instance, years ago in the Taylor Homes, there was an area called the Hall. Okay. And uh, the the police there were like, we don't even like going there. Wow. You know, and black police were like, we don't even like these, these crazy-ass gangbangers over here. You know, but nobody wow. ever bothered me. Um, but there was a time about a year and a half ago, I was in West Garfield Park, and I was doing a story on this a 4,400 block of, uh, oh, God. No, I can't think of it. Uh, it was the most dangerous block in Chicago for that year, um, wa- not Washington, uh, or Monroe, West 4400 mm-hmm. block of West Monroe. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to these people, uh, residents, most of 90, 99 out of 100 that I talked to were cool. One guy, you know, I knew he was high, he was hanging out, and he's like, come on in. So I, I went in to his place. And he like shut and locked the door behind me, and I kind of got a little nervous yeah, at that point. Geez. Yeah, yeah. So after, and he was rambling on, rambling on. You know, he was high, and mm-hmm. I didn't want right. to like cut him off. But finally, I told him, "Hey, you know, I got to get rolling." You know, and he, he let me out, so that was cool. <laughs> oh man! But uh, I was like, "What am I doing?" You know, I gotta, right? Yeah, but um, but yeah, I've never been really nervous or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to when I worked for City News, I covered homicides. Uh, yeah. So obviously there are some bad neighborhoods at, bad, at crazy hours. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that a lot of what happens uh, on the south and west sides is way underreported. You know, it, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think I, a lot I of used... the good stories you don't hear about, all you hear yeah. is the yeah. homicide. And I think, you know, obviously we, we should cover the shootings and all that, but I think there's well, a lot left, of cool We lost stories. 700 people to gunfire last year. Yeah. And... Uh, but there's a lot of cool stories you don't hear about. Hear about. Tamika Johnson, yeah. the I, I interviewed her uh, as well as now everyone else, and that's 
just because it's such a great story, yeah. a positive story out of Inglewood. Mm -hmm. so. Familiarize our listeners with She's it. a... Uh, African-American photographer, mm -hmm. and basically what she did was just take pictures in the neighborhood of, of people doing their everyday thing, mm -hmm. which shockingly to, alive, shockingly yeah. to white suburbanites, <laughs> and it, it wasn't gangbangers, and it was like, you know, fathers walking their daughters good, to school and, and things like that. People washing the car or cutting the grass, whatever. <laughs> There's talking, a community on the south side Yeah, talking, talking yeah. to each other at right. the beauty, uh, beauty shop. Yeah, no, good. So, That's it awesome, was just man. everyday normal things that people take for granted, and it was, it was beautiful, you know, so. And uh, she's she's great. So, good, good. Yeah. Um, what are you working on now? Right now, I'm working on. I could say this. I'm working on a story about Hanhart. And oh, I'm, really? Yeah. I'm not the cop. That, yeah. He but, ran a burglary crew. Yes, he did. He was the chief of detectives. He went to prison for running a burglary crew. Is he still alive? No, he died about a year and a half ago. Oh wow. Uh, he pled guilty, which was a surprise to a lot of people. He was one of those old timers, I think, who just didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Screw you, you got me. Yeah. You know? Fell on his sword. A stand up guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's interesting, though. It's, I it's, mean, he dates back to the Somerdale scandal, which was the early 60s. In the 60s, when, yeah. He, when wow. the cops literally had their own burglary crew. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I you know, I think the thing that's fascinating to me, I I can't say that guy was all bad, uh, and I'm still working on it. But uh, I don't I don't think I don't think you get to be. I don't think be, they are all bad. I think uh, the job eventually coarsens sure. them, and to I guess the point and grinds the humanity of them. Yeah, we have a mutual friend, Pete Bella, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, it, Pete told me kind of quietly last time, I said, well, you know, why such an influx of, you know, violent crime? He goes, well, it was always there. He goes, but the difference now is a lot of guys don't want to do the job. Yeah. Well, and I, that you know, kind of knocked you, me for a loop. Yeah. But I think, you, in a way, you can't blame him either because everything's on camera. Yeah, you know, everything is uh, police brutality. Whether and yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of glad it's all on camera. Yeah, I, I mean, am too. Uh, but at the same time, I think sometimes things that might have been borderline, just being rough with the guy uh, to keep him in line, is is maybe taken out of context in some cases. Mm -hmm. uh, that provided, I mean, there's a lot of cases. You know, the thing is, when I worked at City News in the '90s, we used to hear about all these. All these like shootings by police, and they said it was a bullshit shooting. You know that uh, mm -hmm. this guy was unarmed. Blah blah blah. And nobody would believe him because there was no ca no tape. And now yeah. we see Van Dyke's tape, and hopefully, yeah, he, absolutely. Hopefully I mean, for me, that yeah. one was just yeah. horrifying. I mean, there's just insane, no, man. there's just no squaring that. No, not at all. And uh, you know, it's like, wow. Now you see that maybe these these. People making these allegations weren't so full of crap. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. no, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So I think that you know the cameras are. A good well, thing. I look forward to the Hanhart story because. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to also do a story uh, on the East Side that is t totally overlooked. Um, yeah, there is such a thing. Yeah, you know. You know yeah, and, uh, the further south you go, the more East Side there is. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's what people. Uh, yeah, that's, and that's people where. Say. You yeah. Know, the uh, 
the uh, what do you call it? Letter streets are and, yeah. and the steel mm-hmm. mills and um, it's an interesting area. So absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't get out there too much, but. Uh, well, you're gonna have to come down and see a White Sox game, my friends. Well, some real yeah. baseball. Well, that's in Bridgeport, but uh, <laughs> I'm talking ways. But uh, I do get to Bridgeport. I just don't get to uh, the park too much. Okay. <laughs> but well, on that note, we're gonna thank you for joining us on the podcast, and please promise us that you'll come back. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. And uh, I, I would love to talk to you when the Hanhart story is done. All right. And, uh, kid, take us out. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning into our 38th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Don't forget to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. We are currently showing Where the Years Take You by Rick Tellender and Near and Dear by Heather Horton in the Dime. Want to catch up on old episodes? Have any burning questions for Max or Tony? Then go to themaxandtonyshow.com. And stay tuned next time for our 39th episode. Mm-hmm.